Today's podcast, I think, is going to be a bit of a doozy. For anyone that's probably worked with me or knows me, I've probably asked this question, and it does start with a question. Um, and that question really is, what makes a person a person? What makes us us who we are? Um, and this really got stuck in my head, um, oh God, a long time ago now. Um, it's a film with George Clooney called Solaris. Uh, he goes up into space. I, I don't, I mean, the film's pretty terrible. I don't really remember the, much of the premise. I just remember this sort of, this bit of it where he goes up into space and his wife has died, I don't know, five, ten years before this or whatever. Um, and he goes up and he meets somebody um, that looks like his wife, has his wife's memories, uh, you know, all the his wife's kind of mannerisms, things like that. And kind of, it really, that really got stuck in my head because although he knew his wife had died, for all intents and purposes, that was his wife that he'd come across in, in the, you know, in the space station or whatever the hell it was. So sort of that just really got stuck in my head and it has been for a long time. And then obviously you know, science fiction films and stuff have things like clones and again it's the same thing, people have the same thoughts and the same memories and you know, look like um, look like that person that they've cloned and I think in the Arnold Schwarzenegger film, which I can't remember the name of they just have little dots on their, uh, under their lips to kind of tell you what number clone they are and it was just a thing that really got in my head so I'm going to start with the question that I kind of asked a few people down the years, um, and then I'm going to explore a little bit about what um, some of the research might suggest on this. I just find it a fascinating subject, really. So, say one day, me and you are walking down the street. I'm not paying much attention to things, and this is about 10 o'clock at night. I'm not paying much attention, uh, and I slip and fall into the road and get run over by a lorry, killed stone dead. Um, but the next day, you go into work, you're all, you know, hopefully really upset that I've just died. Um, although I'm not sure why you're going to work the next day, but anyway, you go into work and um, you're about to, you know, tell everyone the very sad news that I've just died and you're expecting, as I would, that, you know, the office would be in floods of tears. But in fact, when you get in, you see me just sat at my desk um, and you're not quite sure what's going on because you, you've just seen me die. You're, you know, there's no doubt about that. You have just seen me die. So you're a little bit freaked out by this. You come up to speak to me. I have no recollection of the being killed, um, but I have all of my other memories. Um, I remember things that I did the day before. I remember things that I did 10 years ago. Uh, I talk the same. I act the same. Um, you know, is that me? I know this is very far-fetched and very, you know, kind of very un- obviously unlikely, but what makes that version of me any more different to the version that died? Um, and that's always been something that got stuck in my head, so I'm going to leave that question there uh, and talk a little bit about... I have done a little bit of research on this, which is very rare for my podcast, but um, I thought that I did want to look into this a little bit as a subject that's... Um, kind of bugged me for quite a while really. So the definition of a person is a being that has certain capacities or attributes such as reason, morality, consciousness or self-consciousness. I'm going to talk about consciousness and self-consciousness in a bit because I think that's also another very interesting and very disputed subject actually. Uh, And it finishes by saying a person is a part of a cultural established form of social relations, such as kinship, ownership of property or legal responsibility. Um, 
I find that quite an interesting definition because when you actually look at it, at the moment, I suppose, you know, it's up for the, the whole idea of consciousness and self-consciousness is currently being really debated and that's also partly down to the development of technology um, and kind of the idea of what consciousness and self-consciousness is is sort of really up for debate at the moment. So if you remove those two, um, can a baby reason? Does a baby have morality? I suppose a baby has kinship, it has mum and has parents, it might have brothers and sisters, but does it have ownership of property or legal responsibility? No, it doesn't have any of those, but I suppose it does have the link to, um, it does have the link of being a person through the kinship, I suppose. Um, but I just find it very interesting um, of what sort of, what ideas, and obviously I've talked about consciousness a little bit there, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about um about this because I do I do find this idea and this is I think where I come to with the question I've just asked I think that my idea of that is it does come down more to the to the consciousness side of things because it I'll explain I'll explain as I go along I suppose so it says here that the definition of consciousness is a state of awareness or a quality of awareness being aware of external things or something within yourself um, and it's been defined as, as different things, so sentience, awareness, um, uh, sort of some of the things that um, that have been thrown around, really. But it does also say that there is there is a definite difficulty in the definition of consciousness, um, and it's used quite broadly. Um, and I think that the way that they seem to use it is being aware or or self aware. Um, but there's been some research recently about free will um, and it suggests that human beings may not quite have as much free will as we think so um, what happens is your brain stores experiences it stores uh, reactions and it stores ideas so what happens is when you're put into a stressful situation you go into fight or flight mode you have no choice about that that's what your brain does for you and from there you're technically on autopilot so you're not choosing your own action or reaction to a situation so you're not choosing to run away from a scary or dangerous situation you're not choosing to run towards a dangerous or scary situation i.e fight you're not choosing to freeze what the research suggests is that actually your brain is using past experiences and it's kind of survival instinct to decide what action to take so if we're not actually choosing to do that then it does bring up that whole question and which is why it's so hotly debated about consciousness and free will and self-awareness um because again when you're put into a stressful situation your brain acts like a computer and it remembers what you did before and it and it essentially you then follow that same pattern of what you've done before you think you're choosing to follow that pattern but actually the research suggests that you're not because your brain has already told you do it because it's remembered what you did before whether that idea was successful or not the first time around it doesn't matter it's created a pattern for you and that's what it uses and i find that again i find it really interesting it does obviously have a lot of implications for religion for example um and god um but i'm not I'm not going to go into that i think that's um a bit of a deviation one deviation too far i suppose um there's a fellow called stuart sutherland in 1989 um and his definition of consciousness was the idea of having thoughts perceptions and feelings and awareness 
Um, but it does also state that the term is impossible to define except in terms that are unintelligible. So basically what he's suggesting is that actually we don't really know what consciousness is or what constitutes consciousness and we're doing that very human thing that we do and making it as understandable as possible for us. So what he's suggesting is that actually we don't at the moment have the either the language, the understanding of how to define consciousness. And he finishes by saying it's a fascinating but elusive problem uh, and he feels that it's impossible to specify what it is or how it actually evolved. Um, and this brings me on to another fascinating subject that I found um, that I think is actually really, really interesting uh, in terms of, of, of consciousness because I've always thought to myself, um, when was the first time that we become, as a, as a person, when was the first time we become self-aware? When was the first time that we heard that voice in our head. Um, but why weren't we freaked out by that voice in our head? You know, we know what that voice in our head is. We know that's us. We know that's our thoughts. That We know that we're thinking things through. But there must have been a first time as a child that I heard that voice. The first time that I said in my own head, maybe you shouldn't do this or maybe you should do this or that sounds like fun. Whatever it is, why, why weren't we freaked out by that moment? Why didn't that kind of make us scared why didn't it sort of freak us out and there's some really interesting uh research on this i'm not going to go massively into it but one of the ideas one of the theories is that people didn't actually develop a fully consciousness until about three thousand years ago um and this is somebody um that sort of talks about um, the ideas of, I touched on it a bit earlier, the ideas of, of gods and, and spirits and things like that. Um, and what he was saying is that sort of our mind over 3,000 years ago was split into two, two very different chambers. Um, and it was sort of half telling us what to do uh, and the other half was like a pushy type of command thing. Um, so one was almost like giving us suggestions and one was a command. And what he says... Um, his name's James, and there was also a, a Veronica Greenwood who looked at this a bit a bit later and kind of added to his research. But what, what they say is that the second part of the brain, the pushy side of the brain, people actually thought was God. They actually thought that that was God talking to us. I find that a fascinating idea. And it, it is really worth, really worth studying because that's what people, they believe anyway, is what they thought people thought was that that voice in our head they didn't recognise it as their own voice. They didn't understand it. They didn't recognise it. And they thought it was God. So when God is telling you, oh my God, I really need a wee, you get up and go and do a wee. Or, oh, I really fancy a bacon sandwich. You get up and do a bacon sandwich. I know that's very flippant, but that's what the that's what they believe now, or what they're researching, was that actually over 3,000 years ago, humans weren't fully conscious. We had those two those two separate thoughts. So it's really interesting you know, when did that, when did that switch? When did that change? And what brought about that change? Was it education? Did education bring about that change? Um, because I think over 3,000 years, I mean, even 2,000 years ago, religion was still pretty strong. Uh, you know, you had JC turning up and getting crucified and stuff like that. And, you know, that was still very much, much part of that. Is it part of evolution? Did the human brain and just humans just evolve to recognize their own voice? And this own voice theory is actually, for those of you that watch Westworld, the own voice theory is what they use in Westworld as the 
as the hosts or the robots, or they call them hosts in Westworld, kind of they, they have those two chambers. They, they don't recognise that voice as their own. They think at the start, they think it's the computer program, but they, the way that they explain it within the host is they think that it's God, but obviously it's a computer programmer that's com- programmed to do various things. But as they become more aware in Westworld, that programmer voice gets replaced by their own voice um and i i think it's a really really fascinating uh fascinating idea and they sort of again talk about it a bit more here that they they believe that people started to evolve more when they stopped believing the voice in their head was a message from the god and started recognizing it as their own voice and actually when you stop and think for a moment in your head you hear it as your own voice it's your voice you hear it as your voice and that's kind of that development, isn't it? I just think it's a really, really interesting subject. But I think, again, it brings it back to my whole point and that question I asked at the start and that scenario I asked at the start, what makes us what we are? What makes me, me? You know, is there more to me than just my physical form, my physical mannerisms? Um, This research suggests there is, and this is where technology causes a problem because obviously what they're looking at now is artificial intelligence so what they say here is that um, thanks to developments in technology over the past few decades consciousness has again been a really big specific topic to talk about and it has become even more complicated and even more difficult because actually again I, I, I don't know how you know possible this is I don't know how far they are I've come to this but if you could upload my memories into a computer bank a bit like uh aram zola in um captain america winter soldier does that computer bank become me it remembers it has all my memories it has all my thoughts does that computer bank become me or is the fact that it's missing its physical part of me make it not me and i i I just i do this podcast i'm afraid is not gonna answer any of these questions <laughs> but I just find it and I basically I just want to push this problem onto other people um, I want to get other people um, tortured by this question as well as myself um, but I think it just opens up a really really interesting sort of idea and actually what what makes us who we are and I think that you know I'm no genius here I'm not saying I'm some kind of amazing researcher or whatever but I do think it opens up a question about how we look at ourselves how we look at other people um, you know, talk about animals as sentient and consciousness, you know, I, I just sort of think it, maybe we need to look at things a little bit, a little bit differently. Uh, and, you know, is the more to, to self-awareness, as James has suggested, that we just don't understand or, or we don't know yet. Um, some people will obviously point to religion to fill that gap. Uh, other people will point to science to try and fill that gap. Um, but I think that it's a really, really interesting question. And again, I will leave you with that, that question again to finish. You know, if you know that I've just been killed by that lorry, but see me the next day and I have the same thoughts and same feelings, same memories, is that person me?